It's time again for Three Point Podcast. Three sports guys, three generations, and three hot takes. The triple threat includes baby boomer Ted Patel of Sportsnet Michigan and C92.5 The Castle. Our Gen Xer is Matt Burns of ESPN and the SEC Network out of Charlotte, North Carolina. And the millennial man is Jared Patel of Fox 17 TV in Grand Rapids, Michigan and Fat Stack Sports. Comments and questions can be sent by email to 3 Pod at gmail.com or hit them up on social media at 3 Pod. The fellows will get it rolling right after this from our partners. Looking for items to buy or sell? Look no further than SheridanAuctionService.com. We will solve your problem. Bring Sheridan Realty and auction your items and we will market them all over the country and get them sold. If you are looking to buy items, we can help with that too. Call today, 989-720-SELL. It's fast, easy, and we get results. SheridanAuctionService.com. Buy or sell, we'll get it done for you. Call 989-720-SELL. You'll do better with Sheridan. Nelson House Funeral Home's number one goal is to serve the families in our community. They're not tied into an out-of-state corporation or their board of directors. The Nelson House staff are proud to serve our local community with reliability, integrity, and compassion. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them most. With unique service to represent unique lives in mid-Michigan, ensuring your loved ones receive the honor and celebration they deserve. The business started in 1880 and continues the tradition today with chapels in Owasso, Chesanine, and New Lothrop. For more details, see them on the web at nelsonhouse.com or call them at 989-723-5234. Rivals Tap House and Grill is the area's go-to spot for the best in food and drink. Meet up with your friends and catch your favorite sporting events on over 20 high-def flat-screen TVs. And our 120-inch projection screen. Rivals can handle your large or small parties and is an awesome spot to put on your fundraising events. Weekly food and drink specials including gourmet burgers, wings, pizza, homemade soup, and salads. Rivals also stocks a large selection of craft and domestic brews. Rivals Tap House and Grill, the official gathering spot of Three Point Podcast, located on the corner of Shiawassee and M21 in Corona. Welcome to episode 134 of Three Point Podcast, day 171 of the shutdown and college football weekend zero. Our partners include Advanced Elevator, Corona Connection, Rivals Tap House and Grill, Nelson House Funeral Homes, and Sheridan Auction Service. I'm the elder statesman, Ted Fattel. Our middle guy, Matt Burns, is on the phone from North Carolina, and the young fella, Jared Fattel, joins me here in our mid-Michigan studio. We're going to have a fun show. we got special guests, Connor Muldowney and Don Thomas, going to be joining us here in a minute. They're from a podcast divided. That's at podcast divided. And we'll get some of their thoughts on Michigan, Michigan State, and a whole bunch of other stuff. But we'll be checking in with them in just a moment. But first, I want to tell you about Advanced Elevator Company. They have the best trained professional field technicians for installation, troubleshooting, and repair of elevators in the entire Midwest. Centrally located with headquarters in the heart of Owasso, an area business leader and longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools and a proud member of the Shiawassee Regional Chamber of Commerce since the year 2000. All right, guys, well, let's get to our interview right away for this podcast. Anyone who listens to our podcast knows, and anyone who is from the state of Michigan knows that the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry is deep, and there's a lot of hate, and we love to talk about it, especially come football and basketball season. So came across these guys on Twitter. They got a new podcast going. It's called a podcast divided you can follow him on twitter at a podcast divided it's connor muldowney and don thomas we've had connor on before to talk a little michigan state sports don kind of is on the michigan side so that's where the podcast divided comes from so we got them on to talk a little michigan michigan state sports and i guess we'll start off thanks for joining us guys but i don't know if connor if you want to start off where did the idea come from, or how did you guys kind of get the idea going for this podcast? Funny how we actually got around doing this. Um, we used to be kind of Twitter rivals, I guess you could say. Um, we, didn't, we didn't get along very well on Twitter, and um, you know everything I would tweet negatively about Michigan, he would come back with you know positivity, and you know I, I took it as he was coming after me, so. 
we, we kind of had a little battle here and there. Um, and then eventually we kind of realized that, you know, we were two of the more level-headed fans, and we kind of leveled each other out and became friends. And, you know, I, don't, I don't really know how the podcast idea came about, but I'm pretty sure he mentioned that it would be a good idea, and I agreed, and here we are. That's pretty good account right there. Um, what happened was, you know, I would, I think where it started was I had made a comment, like a snarky comment for a tweet that wasn't fair, wasn't very fair to Michigan State, you know, and all that. And so I, I made a really snarky comment. He re-responded, and we went back and forth. My followers take his followers, his followers take my followers, and me. It was, it was a mess. It, it just kind of started like a, a three-week war where – and I, and I remember someone had said, "We need it's boring. We need we need another Don and Connor fight." <laughs> and I'm like, "I'm not your little, I'm not your little, you know, I'm not your little dog for your dog fight." And I'm like, "That's that kind of made me realize." I'm like, "Wait a minute. Let me just kind of bury the hatchet and let's say let's call it truth and, and let's let's try to get along." And that's how that's how I tweeted. I tweeted at him. He tweeted back. He said, "Yeah, let's do it." And what? But. And as things went along, I, I followed him, he followed me back. As things went along, he was like, this guy, and when I looked at him from like, he actually makes some sense. <laughs> and so that's how we, we, developed, we developed a friendship. And, and I'm like, and just with how we talk and we got along, and I'm, I'm like, and our, our very passionate, crazy followers on each side, I'm like, Carl, we do a podcast, man. Who do you guys think normally wins, like, the majority of the Michigan, Michigan State arguments you guys have? <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's a wash. Huh. It's really been a wash because because my fans think I'm right, his fans think no my my fans think I'm right, his fans think I'm right, and it was just it was it, it, it's just kind of a neutral thing, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it was kind of a wash in my opinion. Connor may disagree, but it, that's my no, I agree. It, it was definitely we both had our wins and losses, but I didn't look at it like that. I I just thought I always thought I was right at the beginning. <laughs> like you know, every, every time you came at me, I was like, this guy is driving me nuts and then you know <laughs> eventually we kind of realized that we both had similar mindsets and uh i think that's when we we finally buried the hatchet and i don't i didn't think that we would come to this point but i'm glad we did so this uh michigan state michigan uh divided rivalry between the two of you um you know it came from twitter where are you located geographically together i'm, I'm actually in atlanta georgia I'm a Detroit native, but I live I live and work out of Atlanta. I'm I'm from the Metro Detroit area, so okay, and not that, exactly in each other's backyard right now. And then the the background of Michigan State and Michigan. I mean, Connor, you went to MSU, didn't you? Yeah, I graduated in 2013. Now you're down in Georgia, Don. I mean, you you got roots up here in Michigan, or you just like the Big Blue? I'm a I'm a, I'm a Detroit native. My father was a Michigan grad. Okay. Um, he um graduated in '72. He was a very active. During his lifetime, he was very actively involved with the Alumni Association. Mm-hmm. Um, he was one of Senator Carl Levin's top aides back in the, you know, from the late 70s to the early 90s before he got ill and he passed away in 96. So, so that's kind of where my roots come from. My dad got had me very involved in Michigan. Um, it was my dream to play for Michigan, uh, but they, I was not on their radar. I was, I was a baseball <laughs> player. So I played baseball. I went to where I could fly. I could play and I played baseball at a school called Mississippi College in Mississippi, just outside of the capital, Jackson. And I played four years of baseball there. How they recruited me was they told me they had they, they had Michigan colors. And the coach during my visit told me that we actually take Michigan apparel and we sew our logo over their, their stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sold. What do I yeah. sign? You know, so uh, that's I'm a Michigan guy. So it is possible for Spartans and Wolverines to get along, basically, is, is what it comes down to. Uh, my, my my first question, I guess, for you guys, we talk about it a lot on this podcast. You know, we, we've got the three generations on our podcast. Ted, the, the older guy of the three, you know, is the hates Ohio State when it comes to football. He's got that the Woody and Bo. Ohio State is the biggest rival for Michigan. Jared's the younger guy, just graduated college, and, you know, we talk about how the younger generation might not really understand that Michigan-Ohio State rivalry as much just because Ohio State's been dominating Michigan for so long. You know, you got, like, Beeline kind of brought Michigan basketball back and turned that back into a good rivalry. D'Antonio brought Michigan State back and, you know, made that a little more of a rivalry in football. 
where do you guys kind of fall as far as like the, the rivalry, I guess? Like what what is it about the Michigan Michigan State rivalry, I guess, in your guys' opinion, that makes it hatred? Is it just that it's an in state rival? Yeah, honestly, of course it's in state and it's the thing about it is you're living in proximity, very close proximity with the other with the other side. And also another thing as well as the players grew up playing with and against each other and and it's just it's it's, it's really because you're in such close proximity, and you like I said, if you lose, you got to deal with it for 365 days, especially yeah. in football. I mean, losing to Michigan State in football is the worst feeling in the world. I honestly I hate that more than losing to Ohio State because you know we you know, historically have dominated Michigan State, and so you don't ever you don't ever want to lose to them because the whole year they're going to be talking. Oh, we beat you, we beat you, we won, we won, we got you. So it's yeah, so it's always good to have that win and have that 365 days of bragging rights. Um, yeah. So that's that's one thing. Of course, with Ohio State, of course, historically it's been a pretty even rivalry, but they kind of had an extended lease on the rivalry with you know their dominance over the last 20 years. But like I guess with the younger generation, especially the ones that had just graduated college, they were young heads when we were beating when we were beating them, or they were just being born when we were beating them like a truck. So it's um so yeah so it's, it's a different dynamic because Michigan and Michigan State have been very competitive with each other in football and basketball over the last 10, 15 years. So that, that, that that's why I think it's it really going back and forth. I agree with that. Like the in-state rivalry, it's a little different just because of you know your neighbors or your, your closest friends are fans of the other one, and you, you always have these battles every year about whose team is better. And and like Don said in the past. 10 or 15 years, everything has been pretty close in both sports. That's why, I mean, growing up, I was always, it's hard to say as a kid that I was like having these debates with, you know, my schoolyard friends mm-hmm. over Michigan, Michigan State, but I really was like, <laughs> growing up, that's how I know that the rivalry was so heated, was because these kids grew up, like their parents were kind of instilling in them that, you know, you hate Michigan State, like, you're going to have all these friends at school that are Michigan State fans and you can't, you know, just that's not what we like, and, and that's why I've always thought that Michigan-Michigan State was, like, really a little more heated just because, you know, these Michigan and Michigan State fans know so many other Michigan-Michigan State fans. And, like, you can't really say the same about, you know, Michigan fans knowing so many Ohio State fans. Like, yeah, you can hate the school, you can hate the team. Like, for instance, I hate Notre Dame. I, I know, like, three Notre Dame people. So... <laughs> There's a little more added hatred when you know so many people on the other mm-hmm. side. Connor, how would you rate uh, Mel Tucker? Obviously, they're they're not playing football games right now, but how would you rate Mel Tucker's tenure thus far, just in terms of like recruiting and the news that's like basically been coming out of East Lansing? Recruiting wise, I think that he needs to get a little bit of a break just because of you know the situation and mm-hmm. Antonio had zero commits when he uh, got hired after signing day. He only had a few weeks to recruit in person before the whole pandemic hit. If I had to put, like, a number out of 10 on it right now, I'd say, like, a 7. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's there's really not much more he could actually do. He's said and done all the right things. He's hired the right staff. The players seem to really like him, even though they've only spent a limited amount of time with him. He seems like a relatable guy, and I think that's kind of what Michigan State needed after D'Antonio, who who instilled the whole family atmosphere thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that Tucker is like the perfect replacement for that because he's kind of doing the same type of thing. So, I mean, he's, he's doing a good job, but there's a very, uh, very difficult to tell without, you know, games or practices or anything like that going on. And I'll ask this question to both of you. Is there, is there anyone happier that there's not going to be a season played this year than Mel Tucker? Because if you think about it, he comes in as a brand-new coach. D'Antonio had almost no recruits for him. He gets a whole year to implement his system, whole year to recruit. Is there any other coaches that you think would be like as happy as he might be right now that they're not playing? I think for, for Mel Tucker, that would be amazing. I think he would, he would love it because he has an extra year. Mm-hmm. Really, you know, build his program up and establish his culture and get some more players in, whether it's, but you know, of course, you got to get some true freshmen in, maybe a JUCO transfer here and there, or even bringing or or, or actual conventional grad transfers. So really, kind of, he can he he'll have more. He would have more time to have to put some quick fixes in place so he can be as competitive as possible. 
kind of maybe overachieve that first year and, and, and add some momentum. If I was him, I would definitely be like, we don't have to play. No, no, we get, I'm good. I'm good. And you can you kind of notice that as well on his tweets. Like, yeah, we gotta, we just gotta make sure we we uh, we, we mask up and we yeah. him. So, so yeah, he, uh, so if I was him, I would uh, definitely relish having an extra having it an extra year to get ready, especially with the with the position he was put in. Even as a Michigan fan, I realized that means D'Antonio left the program not in a very undesirable place mm-hmm. and then took over after signing day. And then, oh, yeah, a pandemic hits a month later. So this is, I mean, he's got to make chicken sound like a chicken you-know-what. So I commend I commend Mel Tucker for what he's done. Um, he just has to, you know, he just has to continue to make chicken sound like a chicken you-know-what. So. He probably benefits the most from – you know, having this year off, having this extra year to prepare and get used to his team and develop those relationships and recruit locally, nationally. I mean, I think recruiting might take a hit because of this, only because, you know, it's hard to sell kids on, you know, hope. And you got to have those results on the field. And that's – I mean, unless that happens Thanksgiving like they're talking about, I – that's just going to be way too difficult to do. So you might, the first two recruiting classes might be kind of on the same wavelength that they're decent, but they're not where they should be. Well, you know, you you brought it up that uh, there might be some Big Ten play Thanksgiving. And, you know, first of all, we all, I think, agree 2020 completely sucks. But besides that, uh, you know, the Big Ten, Big Ten and the uh, Pac-12, they pull the trigger and uh, decide not to play this fall. They were going to go to spring, and now talking about maybe starting the Big Ten in a Thanksgiving time. What are you guys' thoughts on that? Is that going to happen? And if they do have to go to spring, how do you think that's going to work? It couldn't have been handled worse by the Big Ten, this whole this whole scenario, this whole situation. It couldn't have been handled worse. Because of other pressures, they jumped the gun. Mm-hmm. I, I'm all for the side of hearing on the side of caution, especially with the unknown pandemic and this crazy virus. I'm all for that. And, and at first, I'm like, hey, that's a good move because I think, you know, it's kind of uncertain, so postponing is the best move. But from the, from the looks of things and just from kind of what's come out since, you know, over all this, there wasn't a lot of communication. So I really believe they, they dropped the ball on it or, or, or made the decision too soon and, and make the decision without consulting with enough people, especially the folks who actually are most affected by it, which are the coaches, the players, and their families. I think it's absolutely appropriate right now that you know they are re- they're rediscussing and reconsidering things mm-hmm. now that more is known and all that, and you really get more people in because I mean they they really messed up by jumping the gun. Uh, at the time when they made the decision, I thought it was a good one because I, I I was under the impression all off season that we weren't really going to have football this fall anyways, and I just assumed that when the Big Ten made the decision, everybody was just going to follow, um, and that hasn't been the case, and it's kind of opened my eyes a little bit to, you know, well, maybe they did jump the gun a little too much, and no, spring season doesn't really make that much sense because then they'd have to put the, the next, the following fall season back a few months again, and it would just be an endless cycle of, of delaying seasons and making sure players aren't playing too much in a calendar year and all this kind of stuff and getting rid of spring ball. So the Thanksgiving start is a good starting point for them to talk about I, I don't know if that really helps like like you said how would they crown a champion if you know all the other three major conferences are having a, a regular season starting in September and ending in December early December and they're going to probably have the playoff in January so that really wouldn't include the Big Ten if the Big Ten is planning a season that starts with Thanksgiving and ends in I think they said March I, I just think that they need to you know say that you know like we jumped the gun and we're going to start a season early to mid-October so we can kind of align with the rest of the Power Five and damage control. It's Right now, it's the, the image that the Big Ten is portraying after all this is not a great one. Yeah, it kind of seems like they're they're at the point where like they are maybe recognizing they jumped the gun a little bit, like you said, but they don't necessarily want to swallow their pride and admit that they maybe did that and right. start their season, yeah. you know, probably when they should have decided to in the first place, but... Uh, you, you brought up, you were, we were talking about Mel Tucker's recruiting, and we can't, we're talking Michigan, Michigan State, and recruiting, and we can't ignore the job that Tom Izzo has been doing during this pandemic. He's just cleaning up right now. 
And really, like to be honest, Juwan Howard's actually putting together a couple decent classes too. What do you guys think, you know, Don, maybe you can start, if all those kids that Izzo has gotten commits from actually do end up being East Lansing and Juwan keeps doing well and lands a couple more recruits, what do you guys make of that rivalry? Do you think, you know, obviously Izzo, if all those guys come, they've got to be like the favorite in the Big Ten, maybe in the whole country. But uh, do you think Juwan is like kind of keeping up, like he's actually going to be able to compete, or do you think Izzo's just kind of running away with this thing? Well, college basketball, it's not like the NBA, where everything's spread out and there's no zone defense. College basketball is a very packed-in game, being very def- and, and not very offensive-friendly to transitioning NBA players. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, it's going to, I mean, if, I'm going to assume all those kids come to Michigan State, they're going to be, of course, be reckoned with, I think, a national championship, one, possibly two is not out of the, you know, is not out of the question for them. Uh, but at the same time, it's going to come down to how well your those those great recruits gel together, and how well they play together, how well they get along. You know, just how you know, because sometimes you could get a position where you like Kentucky, where you have all these really great freshmen. There's not enough basketball to go around. Everybody wants theirs. You know, nobody wants to average eight points a game. They want average. Everybody wants to average twenty which is not going to happen in a four-minute college basketball game. So that's what it's going to come down to. If they gel, look out. If they don't, then, of course, anything can happen. I'm still very pleased with Juwan Howard. He's still bringing in a really, really solid four-star athlete who, if they, if, if he can bring those guys in and, and they gel, then anything is possible anyway. So I think the Michigan-Michigan State rivalry is going to be like Clash of the Titans over the next 10 years. I think it'll be two top-ten caliber teams going back and forth. I really believe that that's the way it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot like the last decade, um, which is which is great for our, our which is great for our state and great for our rivalry. As Michigan and Michigan State basketball fans, we've kind of been spoiled over the past decade or so, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Now, Michigan State fans are not Joan Howard just because Michigan fans are hyping him up. It's the same thing with Mel Tucker on the football side. You know, he's doing a good job for just taking over a program as his first head coaching job. And, you know, recruiting in college basketball is not easy. The fact that he's been able to pull in these, you know, he's, he's landed five-star kids. Like, obviously, two of them decided that they were going to take different routes, which was unfortunate. Um, but he's landed these kids, and he's, he's won the trust of these blue-chip recruits, and that's not easy to do in your first couple of years as a college basketball coach. You know, building those relationships usually takes two or three years. So he's done a great job, and it, it's all going to depend on how well of a coach, how well of a coaching job he's going to do. You know, you can land all these big-time recruits, but if you can't coach them up, like, it's not going to really matter. But Michigan State, uh, Izzo is, is on a tear right now, like you said. I, I haven't personally seen this type of recruiting run by him I mean, he's had those classes like with Miles Bridges and Nick Ward and Winston and Josh Langford, but this is like that class almost on steroids, <laughs> especially if everybody reclassifies. I, I think that he's he's really, I wouldn't say desperate to win number two, but you know that that's something that's going to, that drives him. You know, that's before he retires, that's what he wants to get done. That's I think that's his number one goal right now. And uh, I mean, you can tell by the way he's recruiting. In the middle of a pandemic, he's landing five-star kids from all over the country. It's been cool to see. But I don't think Michigan-Michigan State basketball is going anywhere anytime soon. So get ready for some intense battles. It should be fun. And speaking of intense battles, I can't wait to hear some of your guys at, once they once they get back to play. And we're talking with Connor Muldowney and Don Thomas. And uh, one of you two, we're wrap we're wrapping up our conversation. But one of you two, tell our listeners uh, best spot to find you. I know you got your debut podcast coming up. Just fill our listeners in a little bit about uh, what you got going. Well, we're coming soon. We're looking to release our pot, our first podcast this week. We've recorded it, so we're actually we're in the process of editing, editing it. So, um, sometime this week, once once everything is finished, we will announce the date when we're gonna we're gonna launch it. Um, you can find us on YouTube, where you can see our our, our lovely handsome faces, uh, or you can actually uh, listen to it the audio only. If you think we're ugly, um, go to Podbean. So we'll have it on both of uh, those platforms as well. 
Um, you can follow us at a podcast divided. Um, you can follow Connor Muldowney um, at, at, at hashtag Connor Muldowney. You've got Don Thomas uh, or Don or Donovan M. Thomas is my, my Twitter handle. That's where you can find us. But yeah, we love we welcome your feedback. We, we, we love, like I said, we love the banter. You know, we would love the trash talk, we love the banter, man. Do all of it, but just make sure you just keep it civil and, and don't, you know, don't talk about nobody's mama. But yep. love the banter. <laughs> Good words there to end with, boys. We appreciate the time this Sunday morning as we're recording, and uh, we look forward to following you down the road. Thanks again for joining us here on Three Point Podcast. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having us. Go Blue. Go Blue. Go Blue. Green. Well, it was good to check in with the podcast divided guys. Had some pretty good stuff there and look forward to following them down the road. By the way, speaking of following, follow us at 3 Point Podcast. If you want to shoot us an email anytime, you can hit us up at 3pointpod at gmail.com or follow us on social media at 3pointpod. And speaking of following, definitely support our partners. We do appreciate them helping us out, get this pod on all the time. And I'm talking about SheridanAuctionService.com. You know, check that out for info on their great upcoming auctions. The auction house packed. It's actually they're adding on to a big, big add-on to their building here on South Washington Street in Owasso. So check their website. Uh, make it a daily habit. That's SheridanAuctionService.com and sign up for email notifications. Also, Nelson House Funeral Homes. Their number one goal is to serve families in our community. The top priority is caring for our friends and neighbors, being right there when you need them the most. They're the best in the business. For more details, see them on the web at Nelson-House.com. And also, one of our favorite spots, Rivals Tap House and Grill. That's the official sports bar of Three Point Podcast. They're open for dine-in and uh, takeout. Full menu specializing in pub sandwiches. Come on out for their Thursday bike nights while the weather is still good. That's Rivals Tap House and Grill in Corona. Well, fellas, this segment, I want to get into a little bit more football talk. And let me just start it out, you know. This was going to be our first weekend of high school football. It was weekend zero, you know, for college football. And I flipped on the TV the other night, and I'm watching these high school games, you know, being played. And the the, the quality on TV was outstanding, but I can't deny the fact that I had some emotions. I mean, my first emotion when I turned the TV on and I'm watching these high school games and there's fans in the stands and, you know, they're, they're hitting each other. It's real football. And I, my first emotion was, was anger. I mean, I was just angry that we're screwed here in Michigan, not only in high school, but in college football. And then it turned to sadness. Now, what are your guys' initial thoughts on this first weekend? First off, how do you know that we're the, we're the ones that are screwed? We could be the ones that are... You could be thanking the heavens in a few months. Well, that I, we didn't play. That's very true. That part is still. That's out. what. That's why no one knows. That's why I just. I. I agree. Like as of now, it does seem like we should probably be playing, but I don't. It's not. If we have any question marks, I don't think we should. Maybe for. I, I would be more willing to admit that high schoolers should be playing because they don't like this is their last go around. They don't have another season. But for like the big people who are bitching about the Big Ten not playing, all those players that want to are going to have their scholarship waiting for them next year. What's the big deal about just postponing a year, making sure they're safe, and then running it back next year? I guess the, like, the biggest thing to me, and we've said it a bunch of times, and I'm going to say the same thing that I've been saying, is I don't understand why they're not giving it a shot. I know, I know exactly what you're saying, Jared, and I, I do agree because, yeah, if all of a sudden – SEC, ACC, you know, college football really gets going, and there's some ridiculously crazy outbreaks. I mean, on Alabama's campus, they had, like, in two weeks, over, like, a 1,000 cases. They had a couple of, like, outbreaks in the dorms and stuff. So, like, if that happens in football locker rooms, then, yeah, it's going to be a really bad look. But the thing is, is, like, the SEC, ACC, these conferences, it's not like they're the people who – are like anti-maskers and this whole time have been saying like this is all a, a fake news hoax they're recognizing the risk they're they're saying that they they understand the risk the players the coaches they know the risk the ad's the commissioners of the leagues they know the risk they're doing what they think are you know the safe protocols to pull this thing off and they know like if if an outbreak happens or if a bunch of people start getting sick then they'll cancel and I'm sure high schools are doing the same thing. So that's like that's my thing. And and yeah, maybe anger is the right word because right when you start seeing the football and to think about no Michigan football or you know the high school football, it, it is it's a little angering because it's like why are we getting left out in the dust and all these other schools and states are getting to play? 
Well, let, let me throw this out there. You know, and it's, it'll probably make Jared want to leave the room because I'm going to use the word political, all right? I, my political stance personally is all over the board. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm really a, a, a true independent when it comes to looking at the different philosophies out there. I'll, I will tell you this, and this is my opinion. And again, we have differing opinions, which is really good. We have our opinions coming from different generations. But I look at here in Michigan, we don't, and again, I'm zeroing in on high school sports right now, high school football. We have a governor that I thought stood up pretty well at the very beginning of this COVID crisis. You know, she made some pretty decisive decisions. And I thought overall, had a pretty good handle on the COVID situation. But I cannot help but wonder, you know, with all the national publicity that Governor Whitmer got, obviously a big time opponent of Trump and the Republicans, I have a, I just have this sad feeling that politics is definitely, definitely being played. Like I said, I turned on the TV, I see Utah high school football, pretty good crowds in the stands. Guess what? Republican governor, Alabama, Again, playing football, Republican governor, Indiana and Ohio, two neighboring states, Republican governors. What are they doing? They're playing high school football. Here in Michigan, we're completely shut out of it. You tell me that there isn't political games being played, and I'll tell you, you're a liar. That does kind of suck that you know it's almost like they don't really care what's the safest or what's the right thing to do. It's basically just however you align. Right. Which is is, is the scary thing about it's it. It's asinine. I mean, I hate I hate partisan politics so much, and it just and it hits home with me. You can tell I'm a little passionate about this no high school football in Michigan, you know? I mean, it's just I, I You're going to be looking for a job pretty soon. <laughs> you never know, right? <laughs> I may have to officially retire retire from that. Who knows? No, it really sucks that that it does really feel like politics are more coming into play than yeah, like you said, Jared. Like, what's actually like right or wrong, or should we actually be playing? Like we we mentioned it on a podcast a week or two ago about how are you not asking? And I think that's what like Harbaugh and some of these other coaches and players. That's what they've come out and said. Like they didn't even ask us. Why aren't they asking our opinion? We want to play. The players want to play. They understand the risk. They want to go out there and play. And they've. I mean, Michigan, uh, they just released that all, the whole month of August, all the, the players within the football program, no one tested positive the whole month of August. I mean, obviously, like we've said, it might change if they had to travel to Ohio State or something to play. You know, when you start traveling, that might change. But they've obviously done pretty well creating a safe space for those players uh, on campus to practice and work out and stuff like that. And I'm sure it's going well in East Lansing and, you know, other places too. So it's like – yeah, why are you taking this opportunity away from these kids? And, yes, I, I know what you're saying, Jared. They're, they're getting their scholarship is going to uh, be basically on hold. They're all getting red shirts, basically. But, I mean, this is these kids' futures. I mean, like, they, you can't, like, put your life on hold just because, like, uh, some politics comes in and not going to let you play. Like, they might be playing for the NFL or they might be graduating college and wanting to start their, you know, like, professional career in whatever field they're going into. Now they're getting their last year of football taken away or whatever. So, I, I just don't get it, and it, especially now that there's a lot of stuff coming out that, like, it seems like it is pretty safe to play some of these sports, and, you know, like, soccer's being played and some other sports is being played. So it's just it seems like such a mess. Yeah, and, you know, if we're talking college, okay, college football in the Big Ten, I think we all agree that whatever the result is, they didn't handle the announcement right at the very beginning because now they're backtracking. Now they're looking really bad. You know, don't you think the the gut feel for the fact that they're saying, well, we'll start around Thanksgiving time is, number one, they're looking at this so-called spring schedule they put out there, and we've talked about it here before, where are the star college football players going to – they're not going to play spring football. They're going to get ready for the NFL draft, right? So, so they're looking at that and going, man, we, we're going to have a black eye here. Yeah, we might put a product out there in the spring, but all the star players aren't going to play. So then they're trying to go do a compromise and say, well, you know, we'll put together a season starting at Thanksgiving. And, and again, I know, Matt, you've, you put it out there. I put it out there a long time ago. Why didn't they just postpone it? And that if they're talking Thanksgiving time now, why are they not looking at October instead? What's the big secret nobody, for Thanksgiving? Nobody knows. Right, that's true. I think this is what happened. The Big Ten, and this is what they said, they thought that once they weren't going to play, that everyone else was going to follow them. Yep. You know how usually like I, I liken it to this. Like if you're at like a Arrogance. party or something, 
and you're you want to leave and or if you want to go out to eat or wherever like if you're just hanging out with your friends and you're like all right i'm heading out the door like either you're with me or you're not and then you, you walk out the door and you're kind of like looking back and looking back and you realize they're not coming and you end up coming back and sitting with them even if you disagree or agree with whatever the heck they're doing that's pretty much what the big 10 is doing here that's not a bad thought it's completely the scene from old school where will ferrell went streaking down yeah. to the quad to the gymnasium and thought everyone was following him and his wife ends up pulling up and he's the only one streaking down the road <laughs> yeah that pr- pretty much exactly what it is the big 10 thought they were everyone was following him just like what you said jared and then like we talked about it last week i think the big 10 thinks they're smarter than other people i think they're trying to like outsmart people and like you said a few minutes ago jared they may end up being right in a month or two there might be some crazy outbreaks and Big Ten will be sitting there saying, you know, told you so, basically. But like I said, I, it's not like these other conferences have said, like, no, there's no there's no virus. Like, we're just going to play like normal. They're, they're recognizing the risk. They're at least giving it a shot. And I don't know. The Big Ten might be in a weird spot if these, sees, if these other conferences get their seasons off. I'm not saying, like, the Big Ten's going to, like, fold or, you know, it's like no one's ever going to go to a Big Ten school. But they're going to look pretty bad if these other conferences play and they're just sitting here, like, twiddling their thumbs. Oh, they're going to be damaged for a long time, I think. I mean, you know, the, I said the word arrogance. I mean, the, the, the presidents of the, of the Big Ten made these decisions without real input from the athletic directors and the coaches. From what I understand, all the athletic directors voted to play, you know. And, of course, that's their job. They're in charge of athletics. But... If they do pull this off, you know, if we're, we're seeing these other high school uh, or these other states playing high school football right now, we're, we're seeing college football now officially underway with a game last night. In fact, there was a few games, but one televised last night. If they pull this out and don't have any major problems, the Big Ten and the Pac-12 are going to look foolish. Now, what do you guys really think? Do you think we're going to see a Big Ten season in November, or you think it's going to be spring or next fall? I mean, you know, I know we don't know, but do you think they're going to get so much pressure? Because I think they've gotten the pressure to begin with to even be talking about a Thanksgiving start. Gut feeling, I don't think they're going to play. Because I think we're going to – I would be shocked if we make it through this entire – as long as there's students on, this is the way I look at it. As long as there's students on these campuses, like you're talking about Alabama, mm-hmm. then I just don't think there's any way that the football program is going to be able to not like contain an outbreak of some sort. Whether or not like players are actually like feeling the symptoms or not, but I think they're gonna have a lot of positive tests. But if it's something where it's like Michigan State, where the the kids are not on campus and you could just put the football team there and have basically a bubble of sorts, then I think that it would work. So mm-hmm. I think it just kind of depends on whether. The fact that it seems like a lot of schools are going to be having kids on campus, I think it's not going to work, and the SEC and the Big Ten might end up looking smart. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll see once, you know, everyone, once we really get into things, because, yeah, once students started coming back on campus, Notre Dame, North Carolina, uh, I mean, uh, Ole Miss, Alabama, a bunch of schools have already had to, like, shut down, cancel practice. I think Auburn had to, like, cancel practice for a couple days, so... I mean, yeah, once really we get into the school year and some games start happening, I guess we'll really see. But I just, to answer your question, I don't, if they really are acting like they're going to start on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving weekend and play through December, through January or whatever, I just, I don't understand why they would even do that. I mean, like like you said, why not start in October? Or they're going to, I don't know if they're going to play in like the domes, like mentioned, you know, playing in like the the NFL stadium. Would think they would have to. Playing outside. And so, like, so you're going to have to, like, I don't know, figure out that logistically, like traveling to all these, you know, professional stadiums. And I've I've said it the whole time. I don't, a a spring season just doesn't make sense at all to me to ask these kids to play two full seasons in one calendar year. uh, It just doesn't make sense. And then the stars not playing. You either need to, like, just admit, all right, we messed up. You know what? We're going to, go forward with our season and start in October or move on to next fall and just say we don't have a season. Yeah, kind of tying this up between the high schoolers and college, you guys are both right. I mean, if, if the students are in college and on campus, there's no way you're going to keep them from going to parties. You know, some of the players are going to stray somewhere along the line. They'll be exposed, and that's going to be tough to, to control. On the other side of the coin, in high school, if students are allowed to go face-to-face in the classroom, there's no way in hell they shouldn't be able to play football. And here's one other 
statistic for you. You know, geez, I'm going to sound like I'm a Magna guy here. But uh, did you know the median age, okay, the median age of COVID death in the United States? Do you guys have a guess what the median age is? You said this at the barbecue yesterday. Okay, so that cheats. Then. So you I will not say, say it. But, Matt, if you want to guess. I, I feel like I saw this recently. I want to say, isn't it like 65 or it's low Se- 60s or something? 78 is the oh, okay. median. 78 years old. So, yeah, I mean, I'm in the group, the lower end of that group. You know, I'm at risk. But still, when you think about high school kids and college kids and, and you know, deaths involved, sure, there's a, there's an exception here or there like there is with any regular flu, you know, you never know. I'm not saying it's not a serious disease, but I think it is a little bit out of proportion when you're talking uh, young kids. I mean, look at you, Jared. Let's ask your opinion. Are you, are you worried about getting COVID? It definitely crosses my mind. It's something. It's not something that I, it, I don't live in fear, mm-hmm. but it definitely crosses my mind every time I go to the bathroom, every time I hang out with somebody I normally like don't hang out with every time I start coughing every sure. time I don't feel the greatest I, it's not something I want because I'm gonna be a little bit scared if I do have it about like the possible repercussions from it sure there are, and yeah that's a fair statement you know and we all have our own little health issues that we we worry about if we yeah. get it it is the big unknown isn't it yeah you know you do worry about it. I mean we had a we had a family gathering yesterday to celebrate my dad's 90th birthday wow. we weren't we weren't real social distancing were we i mean but we're all family and we've been together through this whole thing but you know you get into a crowd like you said if you're in a crowd with your your compadres you go to a, a nightclub or whatever a bar yeah. or, you know where a bunch of strangers are around it does cross your mind yeah it's, it's hard not to think about it even just like if you run into the gas station and there's kind of a big group or it's a little busy or you know, you see a, a group of people without masks on. It's hard for it not to at least cross your mind because, like you said, the unknown. And that's what it's been this whole time. What what day are we on, Ted? Oh, uh, let me see here. We're on day 171. So for 171 days, yeah, we've been it's, – it's the unknown. And that's what even the medical experts and everyone's been saying. Like, there's so much unknown with this. So obviously they've maybe been wrong about a couple things, and they're st- still learning a ton of stuff. And that's kind of what with with the college football season and, and high school football that it, that it's kind of what's going on is it's like we don't know if these games start playing if if all of a sudden everyone's going to get it in the locker room because there were some outbreaks in Major League Baseball you know stuff mm-hmm. like that so it's the unknown and that is a little scary but got to give it a shot <laughs> yeah yeah well we'll we'll, give it we'll a shot right absolutely that's my viewpoint you know I think uh, my own personal opinion is I I, I don't live every day in fear at all i'm not in fear there are some unknowns if i get it i'd be a little bit concerned but i try for the most part to use common sense and safety practices that they put out there for us you know with the mask and the social distancing for the most part and i I prefer to live my life that way you know not in fear and i it just you know, wrapping up the football conversation, I, it just it just depressed me, guys. I can't deny it. Seeing football on television and both the high school and colleges and, and you know, and here we are in Michigan, you know, and not going to have Michigan Wolverine football this fall. That's my own personal love. It's just going to suck. You know, that's all there is to it. It's definitely going to make Saturdays very weird. It sure is. We'll move on with some other things here before we wrap up this podcast, but i got to tell you about the CoronaConnection.com. They know it's great to be gold. Keep up to date on Cavalier Nation at CoronaConnection.com. Advanced Elevator Company features top expert field technicians for troubleshooting, repair, and installation of elevators, an area business leader, and a longtime huge supporter of the Corona Public Schools. Well, there has been a lot of different things going on. I mean, I don't think we want to get too deep into it, but, uh, you know, with uh, this country right now with COVID and, you know, uh, the stuff going on in the streets and then, you know, just out of the blue the other day, the Milwaukee Bucks said, you know what, we're not going to play. And the NBA got uh, national and worldwide attention by their boycott. Um, It was kind of interesting, I thought. And, uh, you know, I thought overall, personally myself, I thought they handled it pretty well. I mean, you know, they had the national stage. They got cooler heads to get together afterwards, you know, and said, hey, we're not going to cancel the whole season, but we want our message to be heard. And I, I think it did. Yeah, and I think that's what a lot of people said right off the bat when they, you know, announced they were going to boycott. Like, you know, you started seeing all the people who 
we're against it or whatever and saying, like, what is this going to prove? Like, what, what is this even going to do? Like, you're going to start playing the games again or, you know, nothing's going to be solved. And, yeah, it, it, even some players came out and some other reporters and stuff came out and said, yeah, when you look at it that way, yes, this them boycotting those games isn't going to, like, necessarily solve anything. But what it does is, you know, it brings attention to what's going on. And when you have in the middle of the uh, NBA playoffs, boycotting games that's kind of like an eye-opener it's like man you know maybe this is like a pretty big issue if these guys are willing to boycott their playoff games so that that's what the whole idea is so let's bring attention to it let's start a conversation and and then hopefully something changes well you know and when the bucks had their vote you know i think their initial vote was we vote to not play this game and forfeit now that was that was a bold statement. Now that they're in the playoffs, you know, and of course Orlando said, "No, no, there won't be any forfeit. We're not going to play either." So yeah, I, I thought overall that was a, that was a pretty good message, you know. And I know there's a lot of detractors out there now too, though. The, the other side of the coin, you know, it is a it is a country that's very divided ab- ab- amongst race, and you hear some of these people out there say, "Well." I'm not watching the NBA because of this whole Black Lives Matters things, and oh, their ratings are terrible. And you know, see, this is what happens. I mean, and it's just, let's face it, guys. I mean, I'm the guy here with the most years on you, and this this whole thing with the racial divide in this country, it's not going away overnight. It's not going to go away here this year or next year. The only way this thing is ever going to go away, it's going to be with guys like you, Matt, with young children. Uh, Jared, when you do have kids, it starts at home. You gotta, it, it, we've gotta get this prejudice completely out of our society. It starts at home. It, it moves on from home to the schools. But if we think this is gonna go away here before I die, it's not. It's just not gonna happen. But we gotta keep working forward yeah. to try and get rid of it. And that's the favorite thing about the NBA protests that I like is the fact that they. And I'm sure the NBA probably would have done this, even if the NBA players hadn't protested. But where they're making all the NBA arenas like uh, voting centers, yeah. Where I mean, that's they accomplished something just like that. Two days, something. It seems pretty simple. Like I said, I think the NBA probably would have done that anyway. Uh, but a good point that actually my brother said yesterday, and he always acts like I steal all of his opinions on this show. So the one time I so do, you're going to give him credit. I'm going to give him it. credit for the one time I actually do. And it was, and it wasn't even his point. He just reiterated what Draymond Green said, which Draymond Green basically said that players need to be playing in order to have their platform. So although he agrees with why the players set out, he thought that basically if they are actually playing, that's when their voices are heard the most. And I and I would agree with that. But I am glad that the NBA sat out and. Basically, I agree with everything you said, which is that it's not going to change overnight, but voting is the one thing that we can kind of see some change right away. Some. Mm-hmm. Yep, I mean, voting, and then I, you're spot on. Like, it, it starts at home, and, you know, we've talked about it before probably on this podcast, but the generational hate and racism is something that obviously hasn't gone away in hundreds of years, so hopefully stuff like this will start conversations, and, you know, yes, maybe it might take a while. It might take another generation or two but hopefully this stuff starts to go away because i don't for anyone who says like there isn't racism or there isn't you know white privilege or all this other stuff it's like are you not are you not paying attention to what's going on you know in this country like it's man it's pretty ugly right now well it really is i mean you know it's so simple we've talked about it before the golden rule or you know if 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 you just if you if you just believe in love instead of hate, I mean, what good does hate do? Doesn't matter what kind of hate it is, it's it's not going to help you at all. You know. I don't know what you guys think. Like I I see people and, and you know they've been saying it for a long time and it really like when Colin Kaepernick started his uh, protest, you know, you saw it a lot and and then you you saw it with the the um, when the NBA started boycotting their games, people saying like you know shut up and dribble or these athletes need to just right. play or you know, stick to sports. You start seeing all those lines. And I, I just always wonder, like, why do people, one, why do you not realize that sports and politics have always crossed over? I mean, it's been going on, Ted, you've seen it your whole life, you know? Yeah. Whether it's Ali or whether it's the Olympics or some other guys. And then, yeah, now Colin Kaepernick and the NBA guys are getting involved. Like, sports and politics have always overlapped. That's just, it's always been a thing. I mean, the national anthem playing before sporting events initially was, it was a political move to start playing the national anthem before sporting events. So, like, that's always been a thing. But, like, I always wonder, why do people always say that just about athletes? Like, would you tell, 
a plumber? Would you tell an electrician or, you know, a teacher? Or, like, why Why is it always just athletes that people say, like, stick to sports? Yeah. You think people walk around and say, like, stick to mechanics, stick to plumbing, if someone starts talking about politics? Exactly, right. I mean, you know, and it, it goes so deep. I'll, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this thought, you know. We, we have to do it ourselves. We, we can do it in subtle ways as well. We all know people that make stupid racial type of comments, you know, and probably more times than not, we we don't do anything about it. We don't confront them or we, you know, we don't do much about it. And, you know, we probably ought to start speaking up a little bit more. Same thing on social media, which is really just some, to me, I'm still on it, but man, it's <laughs> Dude, a, don't, you are a it's out timeline of dominator, as I like to call them. On what? Facebook, tweet Twitter? I tweet you a lot. Post do and, do so I post? I, so you, but, but I Hold on. feel like you were starting to lean on like you were going to say how shitty social media is. Do I, do I post a lot of political stuff? Well, you've been body bagged a few times, which keeps you from posting. No, the it's been a long time since I was body bagged. It was a one-time deal. But the point I'm trying to make is, if you do look at social media, tell me, tell me yes or no. It's almost dominated by people trying to get their agenda out there, uh, socially and politically. You agree with that? That's why on days I do somewhat agree. Like days like when. I don't know, like Chadwick Boseman dies or something, mm-hmm. or something along those lines, where or the NBA sits out. I'm, I usually basically use like Twitter for cracking jokes. So when something like that happens, I re- I'll retweet something, but I, I'm never gonna like post my political opinion about oh. said said item. Which maybe I'm wrong for that, but that's just the way I view no, it. I, you're not. I think Twitter's just it's for fun. You're not necessarily wrong for that, but there's plenty of people that do it, and uh, you know you can't win. You can't win. No. It's like a 50-50 split politically. You know, you just can't win. You put your if you if I tweeted one thing out there, if I tweeted anything that I just said here in this podcast, which I, I I've decided that if I'm going to bring up anything, it's going to be here. If somebody wants to take the trouble to respond to something I say, that's a different matter. But yeah. I'm not going to be tweeting anything political. I can tell you that. I'm also I'm I'm always like I don't know if the word is like impressed because it's not like it's maybe like a sarcastic impressed, but. Do you guys ever see, like, get, get on, you know, whether it's Facebook or Instagram now, is you know, getting a ton of people are, like, going crazy on Instagram. But then Twitter, you know, whether it's a political post and you see what people are responding with, what their comments or what their tweets are, I'm always, like, amazed at what people are willing to, like, put out there. Yeah. Like, yeah, like the super racist or sexist or, like, some of the stuff they're saying, I'm like, man, you're you're okay, like, putting this stuff out in public? Like, that's pretty bold. Yeah. It's there forever. <laughs> yep. And I always like I always think too, like when I see people saying, you know, some people still say like, "Is it racism isn't a big deal?" Like people are blowing this out of proportion or whatever. I, I'd say like, go to Facebook and open up a political post from like CNN or MSNBC or Fox News and read all the comments, and you will see that this is still a very racist country. Yeah, yeah. You see the real America when you do that, you know. It's, right. There's no doubt about it. Well, is there anything uh, a little light that we can talk about here at all before we wrap this up? I'll throw this out. And this is something that <clears throat> maybe isn't uh, totally appropriate for the pod, but I figured it is big. It's huge news okay. on Twitter right now. And, and for oh, you kids. Gotta, you got to do it now. Yes. So, do you guys, Matt, I think you're probably familiar with this, but Ted, I bet you probably have zero idea what this is. Are you guys aware of what OnlyFans is? The nope, social don't. media site OnlyFans. Nope, I don't. Matt? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I'll give a quick rundown for you, Ted, and for the listeners who probably the majority of our older listeners probably have zero clue what I'm talking about. Okay. OnlyFans, pretty incredible idea, not going to lie. OnlyFans is basically a site, a social media site that is subscri- subscription-based where you can subscribe to somebody. Hmm. To get their nude photos, videos, but you pay them. So you pay, it's like 10 bucks a month to have access to some girl, usually it's a girl, girl's photos, videos, whatever she wants to post. And this is like, girls make big time bank from this. I know some, there's some girls that I went to high school with that I know for sure have these OnlyFans accounts. Like this isn't just like celebrities or Instagram models. Like this is everyday people. The big story this week is Bella Thorne who was uh, used to be a she used to be like a Disney Channel star. Hold on, let me and, stop you for a yeah. second. I did see something along those lines where she made like 2 million dollars yes. or something. Go ahead. She finally on. made like an OnlyFans, which is almost like kind of like a break the internet type thing. She made an OnlyFans account. Mm-hmm. But what she did is she said, "Oh, pay me so and so much money and you will get access to my nudes." Okay. Which for 
<laughs> the people who are maybe a little bit old, older, a nude is a nude photograph. How about that? So th- we call it nudes. It's I even figured slang. that one out. <laughs> That's a slang term, nudes. <laughs> it, and didn't end up being a, once it finally was like unlocked or whatever, it wasn't a nude. It was basically something she would post on her Instagram. So OnlyFans is getting a ton of backlash. Ooh. She's basically, this whole site is getting just shit on nonstop. And basically what used to be, there used to be almost like no limit on how much you could send somebody. Now you can only send people $100 at a time, which a lot of the people who make a killing on this site that aren't Bella Thorne are now up in arms about. So just a little bit, uh, you say how social media is all bad stuff. Um, Can be a positive, I guess, or it could be a negative, however you look at (laughs) OnlyFans business model. But just that's something that's big news I figured we should probably talk about. Okay, that's interesting. yeah, that was hilarious. And my initial thought was, like, good on her. I mean, she made a ton of money. She didn't make people pay for it. Yeah. The one thing, you know, maybe if she was a little deceptive, saying, yeah, I'm going to post a bunch of nudes, and she didn't, okay, maybe that's a little deceitful, I guess. But, hey, they paid her. I mean, they, she didn't go out and, like, beg for the money or steal the money. They, they paid her. Hmm. And I want to go back to Jared's comment. First of all, Bella Thorne, these celebrities, okay, that's one thing. I mean, they, they make big coin on that type of thing. Do you personally know any uh, just regular people in your, that's your what crowd? That's I just said, a couple girls that so I went you to know, high school with that I know have it. Did you, did you sign up? No. God, no. <laughs> I do know some, I may or may not know some sources that may have signed up, but I have not, no, I will never do that. So if you knew source, if you do know some sources, did, were the nudes there? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. You know, that's if you actually want to make some coin on that site, you, you can't just be posting Instagram pics, as, as we call it in the biz. I did see Plaxico Burris joined. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not, not sure what his plan is, but so it's not just females. Yeah, so but that's the that may that might be the new social media site of the new wave that you might be the official one where you're out on. Oh my goodness! Where time's officially passed you by, so we'll see. That's the, that's the day and age we're in now, man. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, oh boy, you know, like they I know you, you've talked about nudes and then the the guys what dick pics they send Probably, out. My yes. goodness. Can you believe, gay, I, can gay, you believe I said the, dick pics, get Matt? With the, get with the times or get left behind. That's the way I say it. <laughs> oh, my God. What did I get myself into today? All right. Do you that's, got, what got Brett, that's what got Brett Favre in trouble. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got anything you want to wrap up with, Matt, or we should call this a show, I think? Uh, I, I know uh, Jerry's probably looking up OnlyFans right now. We'll let him get to that. <laughs> oh, i got to write that down, OnlyFans, <laughs> for research. I kid you not, he is actually writing that down. So <laughs> It's kind of creepy. Kind of creepy to think about now that I'm, now that I'm thinking about it, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, if you only knew has, me, Jared. <laughs> become, I'm sure, I mean, Jared's probably seen it. It has become a pretty big thing. Yeah. And you, yeah, like regular, obviously celebrities can make a ton of money. Oh, but wow. regular people, like if you have a decent Twitter or Instagram following, mm-hmm. open one of those up and make a little bit of money doing that if if you want to put those pictures out there i guess oh my that's let's just leave it there all right let's call it a wrap everyone <laughs> hey make sure you let our partners know you listen you should maybe in. make a three-point podcast only fans that, that could be fun <laughs> we ought to maybe that'll take our take our following to the next level can you say photoshop <laughs> <laughs> our sponsors include advanced elevator corona connection rivals tap house and grill nelson house funeral homes and sheridan auction service we want to thank again uh, Connor Muldowney and Don Thomas from A Podcast Divided. You can see them on social media at A Podcast Divided. And also a little blatant plug here. You know, we don't have uh, live high school football, but we do have our class, our Castle Classics. We go to the archives and pull out a football game from the past. Well, this coming Friday night on Z92.5, we have the 2010 St. John's DeWitt football shootout so hope you can tune into that we'll also post that down the road at three point podcast for jared fatel and matt burns i'm ted fatel thank you again for supporting three point podcast and only fans so long everybody three point podcast is syndicated worldwide on sports radio detroit and mwsn radio the show is a Sportsnet Michigan production recorded at the WJSZ Mid-Michigan Studios. Spread the word to your friends and family and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, or any of the other big podcast hosting sites. Comments and questions can be sent via social media at 3PointPod or by email to 3PointPod at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and until next time, 
Bye for now. 